Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And now, a page from the Diary of Flo. Dear Diary, I got the brush off again. I don't get it. Is there something wrong with the way I wave? Elbow wrist, elbow wrist. Why won't that little basset hound acknowledge me? I'm friendly. I give everyone peace of mind when I protect their homes through Progressive. He should be jumping for joy when I walk by. Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. Maybe it's me. No, it's him. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Yo, what up, podcast people? It's the one and only legend of winning, a.k.a. Low. I'm here with my co-host, Agent Zero, with another episode of the... Damn, I'm bugging. I completely forgot it. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, come on, Low. You can do better. Oh, man. I I done messed up, man. It's okay. Hold on. No, 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 no. no, no. I'll just... No, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. Yo, what up, podcast people? <laughs> what a head ass. Yo, I'm trying you to... Ch- no, 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 no. Chill, chill, chill. Chill for just one second. Chill for a second. Chill, all right? What's up, podcast people? One and only legend of winning, a.k.a. Low. My co-host here, Agent Zero. And we're back with the triple-double. Matter of fact, we're back with the unanimous MVP James Harden podcast. Better known as... The Off Top Podcast, yo agent, say what's up to the people, and oh you know, so, and you know for a fact I'm editing all of that out, just as a side. Okay, note. yeah, just so you guys know, he messed up the name earlier, so just just in case y'all thought it was just me, nope, Loa's messed up too. So now we're one and one. That was a pretty good name. You could have just left it at Unanimous MVP. You didn't have to add in James Harden. That would have been a decent name for a podcast too. I'm not gonna lie to you, but uh, yeah, there's a lot to talk about, Lo. I was watching one of your videos today, and it, I don't know, man, it just hit me. I was like. Yo, this guy low makes some dope videos, bro. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, man. It just hit me, man. I don't know what to say. All right. Let's get started. Um, I guess you wanna you wanna tackle the um the big news first? I don't know what you mean by the big news. I feel like there's been a lot of big news. The Raptors lost tonight. Oh, I was uh I was streaming, so I didn't get a chance to catch it. Uh I was gonna watch the game back, but we're gonna spoil everything here. Alright, let's go. I mean, if you ain't, if you ain't seen, there's no p- point. But um, y'all actually up, if I'm not mistaken, at halftime. Actually, I know for a fact that you all were up at halftime, and there was a more point in the game where y'all were up by 15. However, the Cavaliers kind of rallied back and they were able to um take the win. And um, shout out to Kevin Love, clutch three point, sh- clutch three point shot in the corner, and LeBron, if I'm not mistaken, had 17 assists, and I think he had zero turnovers. If I might be wrong. You know what's interesting? Because I tweeted about this game a couple days ago. It's going to be the same Cavs fans who said, 
the regular season doesn't matter. Let's just wait till it comes to the postseason. We're going to use this game to be like, oh, you see what I mean? The Raptors are just so garbage. You see that? You see that? So it's going to be the same guys. Always going back and forth. Can't make up their mind on what qualifies as actual evidence for a team showing progress and what doesn't. But uh, no, actually, surprisingly, you low. I don't think one person hit me on Twitter being like, "Yo, Raptors ass agent," which usually happens. Because no one, a loss. no, no one. Cause, well, one, it was it was actually a really good game on the Raptors, and I I I thoroughly believe that you know the playoffs and the regular season, it's a little different. Matter of fact, it's not a little difference. Is there's definitely yeah, there's a difference between regular season and playoffs. However, in the atmosphere that we're in right now, towards Who's the end home? of the season, the Cavs were. At the end of the season, okay. um, all the games matter. All the games count, especially because you're trying to really get your um, your your um, execution and your plays down packed. Like I said before, LeBron, 35 points, 17 assists, zero turnovers. And even on wow. y'all's um, side, it's not like no one like vastly underperformed. Y'all still scored 129 points that game. The Cavs just tend to outscore people, and that's how they play, which is definitely a problem. Like I don't, I don't care how much of a LeBron fan you are, or how much of a Cavs fan you are. You you have to recognize that, like they're just they're allowing way too many points, like 129 points. And what's crazy is Demar didn't even go off um, this night. So um, Lowry had a solid outing. Um, Porter came off the bench, played really well, also, and showed it on my man um, Valanciunas. But for the most part, it was really just LeBron being LeBron, finding shooters. Kevin Love, major impact immediately, 23 points, 12 rebounds. And they came up with the win uh, towards the end of this game. But I am I mean, it's still close. Like, I don't know if, if people want to make a big deal out of it. Just still acknowledge the fact that it's a very, very close game. Like, it's not like something that was easy for the, um, for the Cavs. They still had to come back, you know? Yeah, uh, they at home, so that that was just it for me. Uh, rap, you know what's interesting though? I was on Twitter. There was some like ESPN reporters. I don't know if they're ESPN. They're NBA reporters. They might be on different networks. And they were like, "Do the Raptors have the first seed locked down? Can the Cleveland Cavaliers catch?" I like, do you know there's only like one month left. How on earth is Cavaliers coming back from ten and a half games? Back? Oh yeah, they're not coming back. You know, not- the Raptors would have to lose every game, and then the Cavs would have to win every game, and that'd be assuming Boston doesn't also win and take over the first seed. Which I was like, how could you even have a conversation like that with this straight face? Come on, man. But uh, I guess that's where home court takes in, takes in. It's low. This I was watching some statistics uh, a couple weeks ago about the different calls and the stats teams have on home games versus away games. And it's fairly drastic. So, if anything, I think it pushes to a game seven. Uh, the Raptors have that advantage. But I feel like if it was, nah, I don't want to make any excuses. I haven't watched the game, so I don't even know what happened. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, didn't the Raptors take another close loss this week, or am I tripping? Uh, I think they did. Oh, to OKC. Yeah. I watched uh, the yeah. fourth quarter of that game. That was tough. DeRozan, Lowry, who else? Uh, Dwayne Casey got ejected. Serge Ibaka got ejected. Lo, Dwayne Casey got ejected because the fan was talking shit. The ref turned around, thought it was Dwayne Casey, without asking questions or verifying anything through KCL. Yeah, it was hilarious. I, I saw that. I saw that. That was kind of that whole that whole fourth quarter was very questionable. Um, but yeah. that's that's the one thing that I must admit that that's very fearful of the Raptors is that in the last you know 
five minutes of a game, even though DeMar is having a really great season so far, it's still like we're just talking about talent wise and we're talking about a player who can go get their own bucket. DeMar just isn't one of those top five, seven players, in my opinion. I still nah, I think nah, he, see, I that's think, where you're wrong. I think bro. I think he's top ten. I think he's definitely still top ten. I, I, especially like making and created creating his own shot. But I would there's like about there's still about five, seven players that I would easily put over him right now. And it was and that game was not really, it's not even unfair. Really, I mean, again, I know, but even watching tonight's game, because DeMar didn't have, like I said before, he didn't have a great outing. He shot four for 10 from the field, if I'm not mistaken. So he didn't have really yeah. a great outing. There was moments but, where he just, I mean, he, he was trying to create, but that's really the one thing that's kind of shaky with the Raptors, that they're unable to like have moments in the fourth quarter. I don't think that's, I think if anything, his defense would be like the shaky thing. Offensively, yeah. he's straight. That, that's in that OKC thing. game, the reason DeRozan got ejected was because he got just... First of all, like I, if I could see it on the camera, how does a ref in the middle of the court miss the call? He, he, he got, he got the arm, layup, yeah, and he hit his arm. And yeah, his, his arm got slapped, and of course he got furious. Uh, he popped off a, a few times, and the ref missed the technical on him. So he got lucky a couple times. He just was going off, and the ref just had enough. Uh, but I think they traded the call later in that game in OKC because the Raps got, a, I think, a charging call on what I felt like uh, was anyway, regardless, it took a couple of tough L's this week. Um, so two good teams, which I think had more to prove than the Raptors did so far this season. The Cleveland Cavaliers, hopefully with Kevin Love back, can everything get, can get everything straightened out. And OKC surprisingly has been struggling, and as of right now, has slowly climbed their way back up to fourth. But there's only two games separating them from being out of the playoffs, so they have a lot of work to do. And I think a lot of people are starting to notice now, low as we transition, uh, it's make or break right now for Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. And low, I'm interested, without revisiting the whole Andrew Wiggins debate, who is going to, who the, who's, who everyone is going to deem responsible if they don't make the playoffs? Like, who's that guy they're going to find I, a way to pin I, it on without I Jimmy think, Butler? I think it's going to be Wiggins and Tibbs. And I have a feeling it's going to be them too. Here's the, here's the reason why. One, I, I still think they're going to make the playoffs because the, um, the Nuggets, they're starting to really lose a lot of games and they're starting to lose some footing, which even though I, I said in the beginning of the season that the Nuggets were not going to make the playoffs, it, it is very disappointing that they're not going to make it. So I, I don't, yeah. I'm, I, I just don't know how I feel about that. And I definitely can't jump back on it, on that Jokic hype train if, if they're unable to make the playoffs and especially if Donovan Mitchell, is able to come alive in his rookie season and lead the Jazz to the playoffs. So that's, but that's, I don't know if, all right. Leave. I mean, but that's, I, I mean, that's, that's just another, it's another story. Going, going back to the, the Timberwolves thing though. The reason why it's going to be Wiggins and Tibbs that just, that might receive the most blame if they end up missing the playoffs is because Tibbs, people are really starting to question his ability to be one of the better coaches in the league. He got his name for his defensive, his defensive coaching mind state and all that other stuff. However, when you really look at the way that he was able to establish himself in the NBA with some of his defensive sets, those defensive sets don't really work in today's league. If you go back in 09, 010, when he was with the, um, the Celtics, they were really blitzing heavily on the pick and roll. And back in those days, because of the spacing was nowhere near as advanced as it is right now, you could really manipulate an offense like that. But they, he can't do that now, and he has a hard time getting to both Wiggins and Towns. 
So I think people are really going to start to question that, along with the fact that Jimmy Butler got hurt, and so that's another body on on Thibodeau's um on Thibodeau's I guess resume of players that he may have overplayed. And then when it comes to Wiggins, even though I'm starting to really look at Towns, is like okay, man, Towns, you should really start to play defense at some point in your career. Wiggins is just another year into his career, and because he's older, well, I think I think they're roughly around the same age, if I'm not mistaken. But because he has more experience. You, you're expecting more out of Wiggins. And even with Jimmy Butler going down, it's still fairly obvious that he's just a scorer. Like he does, he's not really providing anything else. What's the expiry date on when the NBA community is going to start to get heavily critical on Carl Anthony Towns for not stepping up? I think next, next year. I'm, I'm, I've, I've always been a firm believer of three or four years. And really, in my opinion, it's like four years. When you're four years into your career, not we really should. though, because you were, you were after year two, you gave up on Ingram. You just, he just, I, he's no I mean, longer. but it's, it's literally only been two years. I'll, I'll be, I'll be going too hard on Ingram. You're right, you're right, you're right. But f- if, for me, really, when I look throughout, especially throughout NBA history, four years into your career, if you're unable to really make a big difference, then you're more likely just not going to be that player. Obviously, there's some outliers here and there, but for the most part, especially if you were given the opportunity. Four years into your career, if you're not that player, then you're just not going to be that player. And Towns, I, w- I mean, I went on a Twitter rant. I was like, man, look, it's, it's, let's, we're going to keep this a buck. Both Towns and Wiggins were held at a very high praise when they first entered the NBA. And this is the perfect time for them to prove that they're still one of those players. And they've dropped some games. They've also had games where they played really good in. But I don't, I just don't know how that's going to work out. Well, should be interesting to see. The West playoff picture looks infinitely more interesting than the East, where there's literally five games separating eight from nine. And it's kind of, especially with Detroit slowly sliding away, even with Blake Griffin, which I think at this point a majority of people assumed was going to be the case. In the West, there's not much separating you from making it and not making it. And maybe like the weirdest thing, you brought up the Nuggets low. The Nuggets are 27 and 10 at home, which is like, one of the best in the league, yep. but they're 12 and 23 away, which I guess, I mean, with a young team, maybe like, you know, they guess they can get behind a home crowd and they can't deal with the adversities that come with playing away. But are the Denver Nuggets expected to make the playoffs this year? I almost feel like some people are like, if it happens, we would be impressed. And some people are like, they don't expect it to happen. And so if they drop out or some people are disappointed if they drop out, this is, I think variable expectations for this team. And I think based on the quote-unquote potential that that team has, I almost expect more from them. Although 39-33 and is not bad, I feel like especially because Gobert has been out for a while and now Jimmy Butler's out and Kawhi has been out and DeMarcus has been out and, and Andre, like all the teams above them have an extensive list of injuries to main players, right? Well, well, Even the argument for the, State. The argument for the Nuggets would be, that Millsap was out for majority of the season. Come, nah, come nah, on. No, I'm just, I'm just, come I'm just, I'm just telling you. The ar- <laughs> I mean, low, low key, you were just about to say Andre Roberson has been out. Yeah, and then I stopped because I was like, yeah, I mean, anywhere. I mean, that's what you were, you were about to say that though. That's the reason why I was like, right, let me stop him real quick before he yeah, go crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, but people, so, people would say Millsap though, I, and I don't, I don't think that's a crazy argument. Across to the board, is it going to be a disappointment if they don't make it? To, for me, it won't because, like I stated before, in the beginning of the season, I didn't think that they were going to make it anyway. So for and I thought that they were going to be the ninth seed. So for me, no, 
It's not going to be a disappointment. Um, and, and I don't think that they should take it as a disappointment because their team that's won 39 games are going to be a winning organization. It's a possibility that they're going to win 45 games and still not make the playoffs. And if you just want to look at record and, and excuse conferences, they're easily one of the better, you know, 16 teams in the NBA. So I know that's not necessarily what you're trying to shoot for because there are conferences, but as a whole, they're still making some development. But for me, it's not going to be that much of a disappointment because I I knew in the beginning of the season that they weren't going to make the playoffs. I had a feeling about it. Uh, switching to the East, though, we got to talk about this. I know a few podcasts ago we brought it up. I don't know how in-depth we discussed it. Yo, what is up with the Bucks? Literally, like, I'll hear something about them every once in a while when they're high. Everybody's getting on the hype. And then all of a sudden, they start to lose, and everyone's pretending like they're not losing. This is the same team, by the way, that a lot of people predicted was going to be like third, some fourth in the Eastern Conference. They fired Jason Kidd. They figured that with different coaching, and now with a lot of time and some reps under the belt, that they were be, they were going to be able to make a, uh, what is it, a culture change. And they haven't been able to do anything. If there's the biggest disappointment in the NBA right now, Part of it might be Detroit. Uh, I'm about to say, it's, it's East, definitely Detroit. It's definitely <laughs> Detroit. Like, it's not even an argument. Detroit just, they just find a way to lose. Yeah. But if we excuse Detroit really quickly, the Milwaukee Bucks, I mean, well, a lot of people are saying, wait till Jabari comes back, then what? And right now, they have a lot to prove. And if it hadn't been for the fact that Detroit almost explicitly seems like they're finding ways to lose games at this point, 32 and 39 at the ninth seed, then they wouldn't be in the run. And we're talking about teams that deserve to be in the playoffs. Had there not been conferences, I have no doubt that the Nuggets would edge out the Milwaukee Bucks and maybe a couple other teams in the Eastern Conference. Yo, what does this team have to do better, man? They're tripping right now. Well, well, um, I think, well, one thing that you really pointed out, and I love the fact that you pointed it out, you said that people are pretending as if like they're not, you know, losing games. And the, the problem is when p- players tend to grow, and they continue to develop, we have to start holding them to a higher standard. That's just how it's always been. And so now Giannis is at that stage of his career where everyone has acknowledged that he is putting up numbers that only superstars would put up. However, they're not translating to wins. So Giannis as an individual has to also make some adjustments. But also with Giannis, Chris Middleton, he has been inconsistent throughout the entire season. Jabari Parker is coming back and he's given them some quality minutes. However, he's just not the same defensive presence that you would hope he would have become at this stage of his career, obviously dealing with injuries and then they have to deal with his contract situation sooner than later. And then the rest of the team has been really bad, inconsistent. The Bledsoe trade didn't work out as much as they wanted to. And I don't know why they felt they need to go get Bledsoe. And then coaching has also been a massive concern. And and if one thing about the coaching that I have to point out, offensively in the half court setting, the Bucks are atrocious. Like they just there's nothing that they run that is consistent. <laughs> the 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 off ball the off ball play from certain players is so stagnant that and most they'll do is set an off ball screen and that's really it. And that really is going to be that's just it's just it hurts the the progression of so many young players. And I hope that doesn't become a consistent theme with this team, especially because they have so many gifted, talented pieces on their roster. But like I stated in the beginning of this, when Giannis is is being put in the conversation that people are attempting to put him in, 
then also be expected to be held by those same standards and expectations. And, and finishing eighth in the Eastern Conference that is weaker than its counterpart, 37 wins, like you stated before, in the West, you would not even be the ninth or tenth seed. I mean, you, you have to do better than that. And they just have to figure out ways to win. And it's just not working out. And defensively, they're not, they're not as, as great as they should be. There's no rhyme or reason why that team with that many athletic pieces should not be easily one of the top two to three teams in the NBA defensive wise. Like, there's just no way. Yeah. There's no way. And I think part of that is they can't close out possessions. Yo, this team is ranked 30th in rebounding. And considering they got rid of Monroe earlier this year, you were thinking, like, they didn't want to have a player who's going to clog up the paint. They wanted more spacing. But they're not even getting the spacing that I think they're looking for even after the move. And now that this team can't rebound, imagine having to go up against Golden State and give them two offensive attempts. You don't think they're going to hit one? Statistically speaking, they're shooting themselves in the foot with that. Uh, the team as a whole almost operates like they're in a different era. They don't move like a lot of other teams. I mean, they got Giannis leading the team in rebounds. It's a really weird mixture, man. I don't know how I feel about that. But part of me hopes they do better and they do well. And what I find interesting more than anything, Lo, why is Giannis one of those players where everybody's immediate excuse is he doesn't have enough help? LeBron gets that treatment. And there's only other, like, maybe two other players in the league you can say, get get that excuse given to them every single time something goes wrong. I mean, Giannis doesn't have any help. But you look around, it's like they have plenty of players that can execute. Eric Bledsoe, Chris Middleton. They got Jabari back now. And they got a whole loaded bench of potential players like Brogdon. They got Jennings on the team now, which I don't know how much I agree with. Although, he did set off for one game, I remember. And Twitter it's, was going crazy it's one, in one game, and I can't believe... I, I hate Twitter when they do that. It's like, man, chill out, man. He had <laughs> one good game. And there's a reason why he hasn't been in the NBA over the last like year and a half. So, let's, let's yeah. calm down for a second. He's definitely a fun player to watch, but I don't know. I don't like that... I don't. I hate that excuse in general. Very rarely does that excuse ever have merit. Like Kobe, when he's dropping 35 points per game on a team full of buckets, I mean, he's not going nowhere, but you can look at Kobe and go, straight up, that guy had no help. He needs more help. But so many times people look at LeBron's team with all these stacked OD veteran role players that know their role, Like, and, and he doesn't have help, but Giannis here... I think coaching more than anything, but the fact that people are deflecting like that, I'm not going to lie. It pisses me off a little bit, man. And you know, should never be the case. And again, I'm not, and I want to be very clear to people because I I, I share the exact same sentiment, but I want to be clear with people when they sit here and they make these comparisons and these arguments of who these players are supposed to be the next great whatever, right? Like if, if you're going to do that, be very, very clear. Like when Shaq entered the NBA, his first year, he made a franchise that was an expansion team, a 500 ball club. And then the next season, they were already in the playoffs. Like, so when we, when y'all are sitting here saying that he's the next XYZ or he's supposed to be compared to whatever other player, please be very clear of the expectation that you are placing on these players. And then once we're in their prime and they're entering into the players that they're supposed to become, if they don't pan out, then we're, we're definitely going to have that. We're going to have to have a talk. Like we're going to have to have that talk. And, um, the one thing that I am very fearful of, of, um, Giannis, and I've thought about this for a while now is that I hope he doesn't become a LeBron type player. And I know like people kind of say that's kind of crazy, but I say that in the sense of, I don't want him to be the player 
that the entire team is dependent on. Like, I don't want him to go out there and everyone is just standing in a corner waiting for him to create the shots for everyone, rebound for everyone, score all the points, and leave. Yeah, like, to the point where when that. he leaves the offense, they just don't exactly. know how to operate. Because that's how it is a lot of I don't, And I don't want that for, like, that. that's that's the problem with LeBron is that LeBron, for the first seven years of his career, was being coached by coaches that really didn't know how to orchestrate an offense and structure a system around LeBron that functioned with and without LeBron. And so now he's at this point where this is just this is how LeBron just knows how to play. Because Giannis is built and, and has the ability to be a very similar player, I just I just don't want that to happen for him because there's way too many talented pieces around him right now for that to be the outcome of his career. But it, it looks like that could possibly be a big problem, especially if you bring in a coach that just doesn't know how to structure an offense. All right. Uh, Lo, um, I saw your video talking about how Houston Rockets were going to break the NBA which I think the comments had to remind you, but I'll do it again here. We know where you got that title from, man. We know, all right. But you, but you all know, right, you know, so you know, no, no, you know, it's so funny about that title. I was in a rush trying to upload that video, and I didn't really mean to like make it that like Mike Kerr Zimba like type of title. But the reason I, because I was trying to make an even cheesier title, I was going to make it like, yo, the house Harden. The next Michael Jordan type bullshit, and I was like, "Ah, oh, that's Relax. that's that's what I was like. That's a little too much. That's a little too much." And so then that's when I was yeah. like, "Okay, they're but they are breaking the NBA in my opinion." Like I think that's a so. How do you feel about argument. that? Like Mike D'Antoni, we talked about in the last podcast, has progressed. He sees his oh, wait, previous wait, wait, wait. coaching. Is that, is that the video you watching? He was like, oh, I like, I like, like, I like Lowe's videos. Yeah, that was the video I realized. That. I was like, yeah, that shit was nice, bro. I didn't think about it like that. Uh, so Tony said last week that he thinks how he used to coach was stupid. We brought this up. We now brought this up coaches, in the last podcast as a side note. No, but do you think more teams are going to adopt this style? Because I was watching your video and it became really apparent that I think like things move on, right? And the NBA is going to progress. And with different rule changes as different NBA players find exploits to find ways to win, there's going to be an evolution. And what I feel now more than ever, especially after hearing the quotes from D'Antoni, is that more coaches are going to take analytics seriously. And they already do this a lot in other sports. Now, I don't know how seriously they take it in the NBA relative, but there's a guy who used to go to my university program who was the assistant GM for the Leafs. And the reason he got that position is because he used analytics and all his data to take a minor league hockey team in the Ontario Hockey League and turn them into beasts. And so they're like, yo, come to the Leafs and try and do the same. And so what we're finding now in the NBA is there's a coach who's motivated at this point purely by statistics. He literally told his players, do not take mid-range shots if you don't have to because they're the worst percentage shots you can take. Now, granted, those percentages are taken off the entire NBA, right? They say that post-scoring is the worst shot you can take. But if your name is Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan, you're on the high post. Of course, there's going to be exceptions made because you're a phenomenal post score. That's what you do. You practice those shots, and you're the best in NBA history at hitting those. Lo, what's the chances we're going to find in like five years that a majority of the NBA adopts analytic uh, type? They basically, they run their whole team based on analytics. I, mean, I know the Raptors definitely have done a lot I'm of that say, I was this about year. to say that. I feel like we've already made that transition. Like That transition has already been made. And maybe there's a few teams here and there that aren't like willing to accept it. 
or maybe there's a few teams here and there that are kind of just forced with the personnel that they've received through free agency and draft or whatever type of um, right. project that they have with certain players. But I honestly believe that, and I know like this is maybe going a little too deep into it, but I believe that the NBA has already been in a different era of basketball. And I don't, and I think we've already crossed that threshold of. When not, was that transition? Like, which, I think, which I think that was like, I think it was like five years ago. Or it really, I think it was like really, really honestly, I think it was around 2010, 2011, like nearly eight years, but it's been really, it's been a slow grind. But really five years ago, especially when you start to look at how the three point, uh, three point shot is really propelled, it really kind of took off over like about three or four years ago. So, but in my opinion, when Chris Bosch, Wade and LeBron got together, and they start putting Chris Bosch at the five and spacing the floor. That was also another step into, okay, we have a power forward slash center who was normally in the high-low post, and now we're kind of forcing him to be a three-point shooter to space out the floor to allow driving lanes, right? So in my opinion, that's when it really started, but really it's picked up over the last three or four years, so much so that you can't really compare today's era to any other era because of the amount of numbers that people are putting up. It makes it easier for you to get assists, rebounds, and points because of the floor spacing and X, Y, Z, right? But I think we've already made that stretch. I mean, excuse me. I already think we made that jump. If you watch the Cavaliers play, they play very similar. If you watch, they just, they just don't have the same floor spacing, though. If you watch the Golden State Warriors play, there's times, especially when their plays break down, They'll go into that same style of um, play. And even if you watch a Utah Jazz play, especially when Donovan Mitchell's on the court and he's a ball handler and they have Joe Ingles and early in the season, um, Rodney Hood, they will space out the floor like that as well. So there's multiple teams who are already doing it. I think it's just picking up so much so now that teams are even willing to make shooting guards point guards where they're just like, I don't care how tall you are, what position you played you're going to be our ball handler now and just go out there and help us space out the floor. I think I think that's the only thing that Mike D'Antoni did different from a lot of other people. He was so he was so stuck in his ways and he had bought into his system so much so and he had finally convinced himself that he was right and nobody else made sense that he actually just told <laughs> he just told James Harden like, "Yo, man, you a point guard. So go ahead and handle the ball." <laughs> like that's literally what he did. He was like, "Man, I I know for a fact I'm right now this time." And I'm going to just buy into it completely, and, and it's working out for him. What's up? It's Justin from the Driving Dish NBA podcast. When I was in eighth grade, I switched from wearing glasses to contacts because I liked playing the game of basketball. And ever since then, I've had to deal with getting contacts, which takes way too long. You have to sit in the waiting room for a really long time. It always kind of smells weird in there. That all changed when I found simplecontacts.com. You show them a picture of your prescription. You pick the brand of contacts that you use. You put in your address and they're on their way. And so much cheaper than going to a doctor every single time you you need contacts. Took me about 15 minutes right before I left for work, and we're going to save you $30 off your first order with them at simplecontacts.com slash almighty, or use the enter code almighty at checkout. That's $30 off your contacts at simplecontacts.com slash almighty, or enter the code almighty at checkout. Just remember, this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. They only do a test that makes sure your contacts are going to give you 20-20 vision. They don't write completely new RXs or examine eye health. I think you have to be like that as a coach. So many coaches get fired, like they get put in a bad position where the general manager does a horrible job of building, whatever, 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 and they end up getting fired as a scapegoat. That's what a lot of coaches are. And so the coaches that find 
a way to stay in the league for 10 plus years consistently are the coaches, I think, like D'Antoni, that take risks where it pays off, right? You become an assistant coach, you're successful like Dwayne Casey with the Mavs, then another team signs you, right? And then you upgrade. And then at that point, you have to prove. And I think almost like D'Antoni, you kind of have to be stuck in your ways because imagine being the one, imagine being the first coach, though, that went to the players and you're like, yeah, we're shooting a ton of threes this year. And they'd be like, yo, that's a horrible percentage shot. They're going to look at you and think you're crazy. Like, we got like three three three-point shooters on this team. What are you talking about? And then convincing the management to build around his philosophy that hasn't been proved yet. It's crazy because if it doesn't pay off, then you're looking at four or five years wasted. And then any potential future damage, depending on any moves you made, that could have hindered your potential picks in the future, whatever the case is. So just a quick shout out to all the coaches that took a chance and had it pay off, man. The Greg Pops of the world to find a way to develop players, then trade them away for more they're worth, for more than what they're worth, just because of the system they're playing in. Brad Stevens is doing the same, uh, and any other coach learning along the way, man. Shout out to those guys. I felt like I don't know. We'll move on from there. No, I mean, I I, uh, but I, I do agree with you though. I mean, I I feel like yeah, you gotta you gotta believe in your own system. Like it just it just that's just how it has to be. I mean, Phil, I, some people believe in the results. You know, sometimes you try something year one, doesn't work out. And then management starts to put the pressure on you, yeah? And they're like, yo, you don't have much time, my guy. Or well, whether your contract runs out in three years or they think you're taking the team in a stupid direction. You got to find a way to convince them through numbers that what you're doing makes sense. And that's tough to do and keep your position, especially if you don't already have an established track record and you're like a coach with five years or less of experience. And not and not only that, uh, I think look, I think that's a huge reason why like Phil Jackson has to be easily like one of the better coaches in NBA history because when he took over from Michael Jordan in his career with the Chicago Bulls, there was this concrete belief that a point guard or a shooting guard or any really perimeter player could not be the best player on your roster and lead you to a championship. And the only players that it did it consistently was Bird, Magic, and Isaiah. But because Jordan was a scoring guard and he really wasn't known for his passing abilities, once he was put into a system that allowed him to pass a little bit more and allow everyone else to be in that offense, Phil Jackson actually proved that, no, you can actually structure an offense around a scoring guard and it'll be working out fine for you. And so, yeah, like those things kind of have a trickle-down effect to where we are right now in in the coaching and the philosophy. And And if the coach doesn't believe it, and believe in his own ideology, there's no way that the players will. Like, there's just, there's no way that they're going to be sold on it. That's probably the next step is convincing the players that you're not crazy and your plan is actually going to work. How many times do we hear stories about, like, a coach that's undermined by his players? Like, they don't trust him or believe in anything he has to say. And then at that point, it's just a downward spiral of wasted years until you can finally get a coach that the players actually respect. Uh, On a side note, low. Uh, LeBron was asked about the uh, the possibility of playing in a tournament. You know how like uh, I, I heard about this. Leagues? I heard about this. Yeah, yeah. So players from different leagues, when you play football or what we call soccer, like they get together for different tournaments throughout the year, and so like it literally interrupts the seasons they're usually in, and they get to playing with this that this team like. Uh, I don't know. I don't follow soccer too much, but I'm in group chats and literally all my real friends do. And so people ask that same question about the NBA. What if we just took a break and we give players a chance to rest, but also allowed them to play in a tournament, right? And I thought it was a pretty neat idea, but LeBron replied 
and said that that shit was corny. And I don't know if it's because he doesn't want to play any more basketball than he has to or risk any potential for injury, which is always the case when you're playing additional minutes and asked to play hard. But uh, is it a corny idea? I thought it was pretty neat. I would be into that. I see. I agree with LeBron. I think it's corny. I think it's gimmicky. I don't. I don't see why is it gimmicky. The perp- I don't see the. Pr- it's like what is the purpose of it? Especially because now NBA, NBA is damn near a twelve month sport. Like if you really think about it, like they make it all the way. We're talking about June, July rolls around. You got free agency drafting, um, and then you have some of the summer league. Like really, like we're talking about August through what, like September. Like August, September, October, maybe those are the months where it's not really much going on. So we're really talking about nine months out of the entire season. So I don't understand why we have to add a tournament. Yeah, wait, I'm going to cut you off because I had to check just to make sure before I sounded crazy in the podcast. It is Champions League. So literally all the best players get together and run this tournament and they all love it. So the seasons get interrupted. I know anytime there's like a league or a tournament, MLS players actually get pulled from their team. So uh, TFC, shout out TFC, won last year, will actually lose some of their players while they play in this tournament until they come back and return. But since you're in the NBA, everyone's playing in the same league. It's not like there's other players somewhere in China, Turkey, or Israel that's going to find a way to you know be a top player in the league that's not already in the NBA. So you have all the players there already. You could, but, but, you, but you would you would have to convince. You just have to convince the players to not only do that, but then you have to pay them more because they already feel like they're being underpaid. But they'll they'll get they'll get way more in ads. So it's like the ads will pay the athletes themselves, right? You know, the tournaments running every single but game. Then, but then, but then, we're t- I just, I just feel like that's too much. I don't. I feel I like think it's NBA, different, and so a lot of people are opposed to it. But I think it's a good idea. Mm, I don't think it's that. I just, I mean, I think getting rid of conferences is different. But I still like that idea. I, I just don't. I, I get I don't, that. I just don't think that. Like, I don't understand the purpose. Like, I I know it's more basketball, but if like let's say hypothetically, if we were to trim the NBA season to kind of plop in uh, a tournament in the middle of the season, I wouldn't Not mind trim. that. More like expand. No, no, I wouldn't. But I wouldn't like. I wouldn't mind a regular season be only being like seventy-two games, right? And then we just like kind of make room in the middle of the season to run a tournament and kind of pick up the rest of the NBA season. Like, I wouldn't mind doing that, but I just feel like when you have 82 games and then you have the playoffs and then you have summer league and then you have preseason, like, it's it's more than enough basketball in my opinion. Man, when you said preseason, like, people play that shit. You know, like, they're training throughout the year anyway, right? In, like, 1950, if you're playing basketball, like you have a side job in the summer, right? That's that's the case with pretty much any major sport. At but the they, time, but they, but but they weren't playing. They weren't playing at the same speed. They weren't playing at the same physicality. They weren't. They weren't playing the same. I'm basketball just saying that that work right is inevitable. I'm not saying cut into their off season time because for all the athletes, that's a time where they're meant to improve, right? And the season is where you take all the stuff you learn in the off season and learn to apply it. But I don't know. I just it's it's a really I good. Mean, but, idea. How, but 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 how would you do that? How would you add a whole tournament without com- cutting into some of the off season? I li- listen. I don't know the answer to these questions. I just know that all of my guys, my friends in real life, who, who watch soccer, yo, when I tell you they leave class, they used to leave class early in high school. Back when I was in high school, just to watch some of these games, and they're always talking about it steady. You hear the excitement, and if you're ever on Twitter, it's always trending because. It's a popular sport, right? 
And so I'm just saying that it's successful already in soccer. And NBA of all leagues is the most progressive and innovative. It's part of the reason why with MLS, they're one of the fastest growing leagues, right? You see other sports slow to innovation like NHL and even the NFL. And that's why some of those sports are beginning to decline. All I'm saying is just look into it. All right, LeBron. It's not corny, LeBron. All right. People want to see you, LeBron, on a different team and just go no, at it's, it. It's corny. It's corny. And it's and corny. go at it while they're trying, right? Because you see him in the All-Star game, but no one's really trying. Maybe in the last two minutes they try. But we want to see like a real tournament. I know at but least. Why, like, but, but why would they try in this tournament? What what did they gain? They could put a cash prize at the end, or like they did. They with, put a cash. They could. They put a cash prize in this year's all um, all star game, and they did. But I'm I mean, saying tried, it's going to bring but, in a new echelon of advertisers who aren't interested in. You think being, you think you'll bring in so much advertising that it'll not only be able to pay the athletes extra for extra games, but also pay them the winning team a grand prize that's more than a, that's more, enough. To convince them to try hard for extra games that don't mean anything, but they have to mean something. Athletes won't try hard unless it does. So, so mean, just, but what is it? What is it meaning? You're, you're, we're talking about a league that has just expanded the salary cap so much so that everyone is making nearly ten million dollars. So what? Mm-hmm. I mean, not everyone. But anyway, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, what? I mean, what is a grand prize? Like, you talking about fifty million? No. Oh yeah, we gonna just we like gonna people break care sweat. about we winning. Break a sweat for fifty million. Just like people care about winning. The NBA championship. You got to get people to care about winning whatever this oh, tournament. Oh no! There's no hell no. That that will never. That that is that that equivalence. I'm just, I'm just they, saying they, when you look at some of these players that play these other sports, they have all kinds of accolades, and some of them are these interseason tournaments that they have to lead their teams and play for. That's all I'm saying. LeBron. So that would be another accolade to their name. Yeah, just like being an NBA All Star or being on the All NBA team. I still don't think they will really care. But anyway. Okay. I just I saw LeBron say that and I thought it was interesting. In my opinion, no. LeBron. It is corny though. It's it corny. Is, it is not. Lo, uh, we were talking about Kawhi. Literally a couple weeks ago, there were reports he might not play again in the season. Then the week after, we heard no, he's gonna be back in a few weeks. And then now we're hearing that uh, uh, they're expecting uh, they're expecting to sign Kawhi for a plus two hundred million dollar deal. So it's, it's gonna be like that beef deal that Curry got, except. Of course, with the Spurs. And there have been reports also uh, that Manu Ginobili said they're not expecting Kawhi to play. And so I don't know where all these reports are coming from. All I know is that some of these guys are lying, all right? Because I'm hearing left and right that one thing is going to happen and then the next. Yo, if Kawhi doesn't come back, does this team manage to stay in the playoffs? Well, I mean, I'm be I'm keeping honest with you. I, I, never, I never believed in anything that I heard. When it comes to anything around this whole situation, the only reason why is because it's the Spurs. Like, if it was some other team that has had some, like, if it was like a team that was dealing with LeBron, then we we might have to take some, you know, some serious looks into it. But was the last time you heard anyone from the Spurs having any contract situation, contract problems, or anybody with the Spurs kind of debating back? Like that, that's something that just doesn't happen with the Spurs. So it's really hard for anyone to believe. Any to have any type of legitimate argument with this the situation, but for me, I don't want to see Kawhi out there unless he's completely healthy, because I feel like he's easily one of the better players in the NBA, and if he can stay healthy and and add a couple of more All NBA teams, All Defensive teams, and All Star selections to his resume, then you know he he will easily go down as one of the greatest players in NBA history. 
But on the flip side of things, it's it's kind of tough to kind of it's kind of it's just tough to see and watch basketball without Kawhi. And um, I, I'm not necessarily saying he's like my favorite player, but it's obviously clear that when you have one of the better players in the NBA unable to play, it's just not as appealing to watch, regardless of how um, unenthusiastic he seems to be on the court and during his interviews. So, you know, I, I, I like Kawhi. I, I love his game. I hope he comes back. But if it doesn't work out with him and the Spurs, I'm not, you know, I'm not crying about it, especially because I want him to play for the Lakers. So, you know, I'm not really crying about it. Wow. Yeah, I'm most definitely going to offer him that max $200 million deal. And if I'm Kawhi, I would take it because there's, I mean, if he went to another team, the max they would offer him is about like 30 to $40 million less. And so, I think what Kawhi realized last year, though, in the playoffs was he took a risk by playing before Zaza executed him. He was already limping. Like, he wasn't healthy. Like, his ankle definitely could have used some help. But he decided to play through it for the sake of the team. And then he got re-injured. What he quickly realized, and what I would as well in that situation, is, yo, is this, this is my bag I'm talking about, right? He's trying to set up his life and the next six generations below Kawhi Leonard. And to be able to do that, you got to come home with the bag. And so I think he's not taking any risks. If Kawhi was to play, even if he's like 80%, and get injured again this season, I'm talking about, I don't know how many teams would be willing to offer him $200 million, right? Because that's a risky $200 million to give to a player who just got a serious injury two years in a row. If I'm him, I'm taking the year off. I'm signing that massive extension before I play another game. And then I'm making sure I get the bag, then you get back on the court and prove to everybody why you're the best defensive player in the league. That's also, what I would I, do if I was Kawhi. Also, though, I don't, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it's a big deal because he doesn't really have to rush into a contract situation. He still has next season under contract and the year after that, which is a player option. So he still has another two full years under contract to prove nah, that he, he still plays at that level. He, I, I understand he, what you're saying. You put yourself at risk of being hurt. And so I get that part. But I, I just don't see how why it would be a risk on his part to go back out there. Especially because, I mean, let's just keep it a buck. It's very clear that the Spurs need him desperately. Because even though, yes, they're still a playoff team, they're nowhere near contending for anything in the Western right. Conference. And because Popovich is still coaching that team, they're still going to be way too good to put themselves in the lottery. So if they're going to contend and they're going to cont- continue to be a playoff team, then you need Kawhi. Like, you need him. Uh, I think, you know you know how Houston renegotiated Harden's deal? His contract didn't run out. They just realized he's worth a lot more. Oh, yeah, I, have- I get that. I get that part. No, don't don't get I understand the re- restructuring the deal. But if I'm just Kawhi, though, if I feel like they're not going to restructure it correctly in my favor, then I'm not in a real rush to go out there but to they kind will, of prove though. to them. They have no options when you have a superstar like that. You literally anything he asks for, you just nod your head and say, all right, you're the franchise player. We'll give it to you. He's going to ask for max money. He might mess around and ask for uh, uh, the no trade clause. I was saying trade exception in my head for some reason. But if I was them, that's what I would do. Build some rapport. I think the only, like the most blasphemous version when uh, the Golden State Warriors were paying Curry eight, nine million dollars a year without restructuring that. But I think in that situation, because they were winning championships, I think Curry was like, all right, I'm okay with making less money. That's a sacrifice I had to make. Kind of like when LeBron and them went down to Miami. Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade made the biggest of sacrifices for the team. 
But in this situation, who does Kawhi have outside of Aldridge? He's trying to get the bag, right? And he knows how important he is. I'm just saying to play it safe at the end of the day. No reason to go out there and risk it. If you said, low that the in-season in tournament was a corny idea or there's a potential for injury, there's definitely going to be even larger potential of injury if he plays out the rest of the season and the playoffs. In a year where we could both agree, though, that they're not going to beat Golden State or Houston anyway, right? Yeah. So. Uh, I, I, I get that point, but I just, I don't know. I also understand, like, why he wouldn't be showing all his cards yet because he still has yeah. plenty of time to play. Like he, You he might does. not know yet, neither. Like, a lot of people sometimes press me, like, Agent, what is this? And I'm like, I don't know the answer to these questions yet. So he might yeah. be trying to figure it out for himself as well, depending on how his recovery goes. Which is weird, Low. We heard reports that he was good to play, but he didn't want to. And then now he's not good. To- I've never heard more inaccurate reporting all year than what's happening right now with Kawhi. It I, is I the felt, worst. I felt like he was reported to play like earlier this week and he still hasn't played yet. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, so that's, so the reason, that's, that's the reason why I'm not like, I'm not really believing nothing unless I hear it from Popovich mouth. Like, Unless Popovich say it, man, I'm not hearing nothing that nobody's saying. Like, nah, I don't you know believe Pop nothing. doesn't talk to the media anyway, man. No, but he'll but he'll say like when a player is ready to play or not. But I'm not I'm not li- I'm I'm not listening to anything that anyone says unless it comes straight out of Popovich's mouth. Like I'm just not. I'm not I'm not going to at all. So Lo, I want to ask for your opinion on something, man. Uh, no, real, real, real quick, real quick. Since we are talking about injuries, there's a whole bunch of teams that are also dealing with injuries. Like the uh the Celtics and the Warriors. Oh, definitely the Warriors. Uh, well, I mean, I but the Celtics, the Celtics might be missing Kyrie for the rest of the season because he's he's re. Nah, there's. I mean, keep in mind he, we're he's he's, about re, he's getting another opinion on his knee. He, he get another opinion on his knee. I I just saw that uh, it wasn't expected to be serious, and he'll be back soon. I know, but really, what I the only reason why I thought about it is, and I know this sounds crazy, but. Regardless if if Kyrie's there or not, that team isn't going to make it to the finals, obviously. So why not just keep it, just play it on the safer side, and just call the season know how a wrap? That is low. It's not. It's not obvious because it, you're still dealing with surgery, so it's not obvious. No, I'm saying about making the finals. Oh, that team is not making the finals. I haven't. No. I haven't ruled out the Celtics to make the finals yet. You know, I, I have. Like that team. I have. That team is not making it. a final. That team is okay. not making a finals. No. All right. Well, that's 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 a whole other topic. Lo, uh, I saw a clip on Twitter, and it brought it brought back so many horrible memories. Now I know you remember Bruce Bowen, right? That man was out there karate kicking folks, injuring people. I've never seen a more explicit case of a player going out of his way to just just get folks injured. And he did it consistently throughout his career. I saw a whole compilation reminding me of all the people he injured and or hurt in a game. There was one clip where he literally jumped on a pump fake and proceeded to kick a player in the face. <laughs> and when I mean kick, I don't mean he tapped him. Nah, he leveled the guy. Low is Bruce what do you? I'm going to say, what are you getting at? What are you getting at? I'm, I'm just, it brought back memories, Low. Uh, and you okay. got to tell me. You got to date back... Before the 90s. Has there been a worse case of... Uh, how do I... T- is, is this player called an enforcer? Is this what an enforcer does? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, is that what it is? I'm asking questions. and it, Which is very interesting because the Spurs right now are complaining that Zaza is out there taking out competition. But relative to Bruce Bowen, Zaza is like a... 
He's he's an angel. He just can't oh, be well, touched. One one, you're so late on this conversation that it's ridiculous. No, I remember because... it happening because he he almost did it to Kobe multiple times. No, 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 no. When when Zaza injured the injured Kawhi, everyone and, and, and Popovich started to complain. Everyone was like, No, no when, I didn't when see Bruce, that. I, I, see that I, I saw I saw it pretty consistently. When people were like, man, when Bruce Bowen was out here karate kicking people in the face, Popovich wasn't saying not a thing. But now all of a sudden, Popovich is going to stand on high and mighty. I, I mean, I'll say, I'll say this: Bruce Bowen is definitely, definitely like one of the worst players when it comes to like dirty plays and stuff like that. However, he still has some skill defensively. I, I, I just feel like I don't know what's his, what's I, his I, name. I don't know how um, much I agree with that. I, I feel, feel like, like a lot Bill, of his skill no, defensively. I feel it's like Bill is a worse, worse argument. No, it's just his ability to be aggressive and. Protect- oh yeah, yeah, no, no. Let's let's be clear. I don't. I I I still believe he's an overrated defender, and I I honestly don't feel like he ever should have been named uh, on the all defensive team because I don't think he's that great of a defender to be even on the all defensive team. I just feel like, like you said, he just got aggressive with players, and that kind of forced them to, to turn the ball over and think twice because they didn't know what he was going to do. I agree with you on that, but he's still. He still had some defensive techniques. He was still defensively sound to an extent. When it comes to like Bill Lambeer, Bill Lambeer just wasn't good at all on a defensive end. Like there was nothing that he did defensively that aided the process of helping the team outside of being physical. But I agree. Bruce, Bruce Bowen is easily one of the more overrated defenders in the last 15, 20 years. And every single time the Spurs matched up with the Lakers, Kobe used to cook yeah, him every yeah, time. Yeah, Kobe, yeah. And, I, and that's not even like me saying that Kobe trashed some shit. I'm definitely not saying that. But like Kobe didn't cook Ron Artest every time. Kobe wasn't cooking LeBron every time. Kobe wasn't cooking, um, I'm trying to think of something, D-Wade. He wasn't cooking D-Wade every time. But he cooked Bruce Bowen every single time. So I, all I'm saying is Bruce Bowen, no, I, I he's... He's a little outrageous with his stuff, though. He is. I ain't gonna lie. He outrageous. Yeah. He's not the worst. He's not the worst, though. He's not the worst. Who's worse? Dante Jones? I can't think of any other player that did no, that. No, Bill Lambeer. Bill Lam- oh, lately? Uh, uh, I was, I would probably, I just don't, I, the reason why I think Zaza is worse is because, like, I know he can't play. <laughs> Like, 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 I, I know, I know he's a bad basketball player. And the only reason why he's out there is is strictly because he's just getting physical with people. Like, that's literally the only reason why he's out there. Yeah. Okay. Nah, you're, you're very right about that. (laughs) Literally, the only reason he's out there is, is for that. And then, you know what's crazy is Durant got on and uh, he was asked a question and slightly defended him uh, after all the allegations. Uh, that I think it was like a few weeks ago. I forgot he was trying to injure then. He's always on. Did he fall on somebody? He fell on Westbrook, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Kevin Durant was on an interview uh, defending him. I guess that's what you do with teammates. But, I mean, I'm just saying if I had a teammate injuring other people, I wouldn't be defending him. He's not a teammate to me. I get he's on the team and he eventually gets a ring, but he's not even playing a significant role on the team, to say to say the least. Uh, but anyway, man. Uh, that brought back horrible memories, Low. Of of you, that happens on the wreck sometimes too. I don't know, like Low. I'll be playing at the wreck, and I'll be playing sometimes with guys that don't really know basketball. And like you go up for a shot, and they don't give you room to land, and you step on their foot, and you just want to knock him out. Like yo, just 
how, how could you possibly think that's something safe? You know? And to see it done at the professional level, I don't know. It was just really weird. He kicked the guy in the face just to remind everybody. That was crazy. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, he, he was crazy. He was crazy. Yeah. Please, if you haven't watched the videos, just type in Bruce Bowen injuring other players. And you will see a compilation on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, name it, of him. And you'll be like, yo, this man agent was not lying. He was ridiculous. Anyway, uh, just thought that was really interesting. Yo, on, 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 the, on the live podcast, though, you did say we were supposed to come up with our, our Oh, worst, my God, man. Our best and our worst. Um, no, no, you said the best and worst um, rebuilds, right? That's what you said, right? Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna ask him my top ten players again. I'm like, not again. As, whoa, man. well, as a side note, people have been hitting me up in my mentions and DMs about your top ten list. No, no. I I want you to screenshot one DM. Hey, I'll send I'll I'll send you something. You ain't gotta be a DM. I can send you one of my mentions right now where someone says, "No, not mentions. DMs. I want a okay, DM." Agent. Which which DM do you want? Uh, any. I want you to screenshot one. Low, I'm, I'm just for the people in the podcast behind the scenes. Low gets no DMs. He just keeps talking about the DMs that he's supposedly getting. We haven't seen none of them. All right, where are these DMs at, Low? <laughs> I'm I'm literally about to screenshot you a DM right now. Not even one DM. I'm gonna just screenshot you as soon as I open up my DMs, and it's gonna just show a whole bunch of people just telling me over and over and over again. Agent doesn't know nothing about basketball. <laughs> And I'm and I'm and I'm seeing like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna show it to you, bro. Because you right, you for right. real don't believe me, but people yep. do want to know. People want to know what your top ten list is, bro. They don't really want to know, man. They don't. They yeah, don't. In fact, what, I mean, what are we what else are we supposed to be talking about this podcast? How the right, Warriors? Oh, we'll we'll the, the the Warriors getting hurt. Um, they they'll be all right by the Chris end of the season. Chris Paul's injured, but he's gonna be all right. That yeah, too. they're they're fine. Um, I I think um I do believe that James Harden is unanimous MVP. Like I don't even think that's debatable. Okay, I agree. That's not debatable at all. Yeah, I'm I waiting th- for I the think, link. I, I think way. he's debatable. Uh, let me see. Boom, 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 boom. Thunder are still suspect up and down. Even though Westbrook like, had a really good... Like, you trying to run through topics so you no, can but, get but to what, the point. Westbrook, West, Westbrook really did have a really good game um, against y'all. Yeah, he did. Definitely. He had, a, he had a great game. He actually had a really, really, really good game. Yeah, he was uh, hitting everything. And when he wasn't hitting everything, he yelled and one and the refs gave him the yeah. call. Don't stop. Dame, Dame, <laughs> Dame was... Uh, Dame was very suspect in that Houston game defensively. Like that was kind of I was like, uh, I, you he really can't. Never known for being a lockdown. Anyway. I know, I know, but like I was like, man, like you really, you really can't defend nobody. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you for real, for real, can't play defense. Like that's that's tough. Like if if we get to the playoffs, I don't know what's going to happen because if you can't defend nobody, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's it. So I need to know what his top ten is, bro. Yeah, we'll do we'll do our our best and worst rebuilds, man. So let's get into it, you know. Oh my god, bro! You know we'll, we'll get into it, man. Let's let's jump right into the news. Face. Go ahead, Lo. I'll let you start, man. My worst rebuild. It, it has to be the Orlando Magic. Like I, I'm really I'm getting to the point where I'm even debating if they're the worst team in the NBA right now. I mean, not worst team, the worst ran organization, I, I guess, better better suits the conversation that we're having. If you look at the talent that they had on their roster, Alfred Payton, Victor Oladipo, and Tobias Harris, how they lost all of those players, and then they've been in the lottery, if I'm not mistaken, for the past six, seven years, consistently received the top five pick, 
and none of the picks have translated to good players outside of Victor Ladipo in which they traded him away, it makes no sense that it's taking this long for that team to rebuild. That's ridiculous. And there's certain teams like the Utah Jazz who lost their best player in Gordon Hayward and were able to bounce back literally in one year and the Magic still haven't figured out what they're doing with their players. Why is Vucevic still on that team? Like it's like it's it's that's a mess, bro. Like that makes like, nobody everything. wants Vucevic, man. He gets injured all the time. All he can really do is shoot mid range. I know, I know, but, but why? But why? But why? Why are you still? Why is he on the team still, though? Like, why haven't you traded him away to at least get like a I'm second? Just, I'm round telling pick? you, nobody wants him. But why not at least get like a second round pick? Why not pick up <laughs> like just get assets? Like, there's no need for you to keep those players. Yeah. So I, I, I just I, I just don't I don't get that that whole purpose. I, if I was them. I would literally just trade away everybody and just for real, for real, start over and try to rebuild. Because I think Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon are really good players, but they're unable to build around them. So why don't you just restart all the way over and build something of quality and try to just start over and go from there? But like what they're doing right now is just it's ridiculous, bro. Like that, that that is just a shame. There's no rhyme or reason why they sh- they should be that bad. I agree. Uh, they would also be my worst rebuild, but I'm going to switch it up just for the sake of variety. I'm going with Atlanta. Yo, this team should have rebuilt what a, three, four is, years this ago. Is, this is a terrible argument that you have. No, because let me Atlanta, hear Atlanta, it, No, Atlanta just started rebuilding. How is this a team? No, that's that's what I'm saying, Lo. That's why they're the worst rebuilds, because they should have started three, four years ago. Remember? But they, but they uh, weren't rebuilding, though. No, they sh- they knew they... After they had that whole run where they were playing phenomenal, 61 season, etc., they fell off, and they had a decision to make. They they kept both Horford and Millsap. I remember they signed Millsap to a two-year deal plus a player option. And I thought to myself, why don't they just blow things up and rebuild? Do they actually think that Horford and Millsap are good enough of a core that they can build around and or entice a free agent to come? And so that's what they did, and they tried to make moves, and they couldn't get anything to stick. And so what they did with that team was waste time. In a situation where I think a majority of people would have agreed it made sense to rebuild, they didn't do it. So what happened? Horford ends up moving to uh, the Celtics. They end up trading away Corver for literally nothing, if you remember that. Jeff Teague has left the team now. And what you're left with is Dennis Schroeder and Millsap. Millsap eventually moves as well. And so I feel like a team that should have rebuilt a long time ago wasted their city's time. By trying to build around a core that wasn't even good enough to make it into like a fifth seed in the playoffs, right? After they fell apart, what are you apart, talking like, about? They were always in the playoffs. I, I I get that, and there was a whole streak while they were in the playoffs, but they were making no sound, and it was clear that the problems they were having were lingering, and they made no improvements to anything. Not a coaching. They didn't. They didn't like. You know how the Raptors they did, changed. They up. did change coaching. No, but what coach, I was, coach Bud I was not there the entire time. I didn't time. say the coaching staff. I said how they were coaching. Like the Raptors went from last year ISO game to this year moving the ball around, playing using statistics. They didn't make any. So I'm just saying this is a team where maybe not as explicit as Orlando, where they just keep whiffing picks and then developing players and then they do nothing. Then Alfred Payton goes to another team, plays better. Oladipo goes to another team and is now an all star and leading the league in steals. So while it's not as explicitly bad as Orlando, I think Atlanta's a team where it was super clear they just wasted a lot of time. So they're they're my worst rebuild. I think Brooklyn would have been too easy, though. So I didn't go with Brooklyn. That is I, that logic just doesn't make any sense. It makes so much sense. I don't no, know how it doesn't make any that, sense. That's that's like me. All right, so that means that Portland 
is just that's another no, organization that's a trash Portland, rebuild. You're comparing Dame to Horford and Millsap. Come on, man. But like, Dame isn't. But Dame isn't going to get it done. Honestly, you can make a case that they it was like that. But once CJ McCollum came up, and then out of nowhere they like they had hope for the team. And lo, in in two years, if we find out they can't build around this team, then you can make the same case for Portland. Maybe but, it made but sense what I'm, what I'm saying up. is you you can literally say that about every single team. No, but the difference is... Yes, you can. Dame can be a franchise player. Atlanta didn't have any. Horford and Millsap were great players. They were 85 overall players. But you got to be mistaken if you think they could be a 90 overall. And that's what Dame is. And so he has you, the think, you, think, you think John Wall is great enough to, to build a franchise Easily. around? Easily. No, I don't yeah. think so. No. You don't think John Wall is good enough? You're wilding right now, Lowe. No, no. Is John Wall good? Not? Is John is John Wall good enough to make it past the second round? If they build around him, not by himself. They, no, no, no. Uh, I don't know because the Hawks were at least able to make it to the conference finals. I don't know if John but Wall I can think, make it to the conference finals. But the, the Hawks just had a really good system, and that was evidently clear. They were shooting a whole here, lot of. Here, well, how about how, here's, here's a better example. What are the Miami Heat doing? Uh... Because you're not, you're not going to convince me that Goran Dragic is not in the same conversation as I, Al Horford. I understand that, but you definitely look, not going to sit there and try to explain that Remember when Rudy Gay was traded from the Raptors and everyone expected them to flop, but then they started to succeed. They had the same decision to make: the Raptors and the Hawks. They said, "Could we blow it up now?" But they decided to ride it out. They believed that DeRozan and Lowry were a good enough core, and year over year there were improvements. I'm saying that Atlanta didn't have all of that. Right, you're trying to make parallels, saying there's a million other examples, but none of them stack up to what Atlanta did wrong. And why Atlanta, this Atlanta year did have pro- improvements? What are you talking about? Lo, how did they have improvements? They did a fire sale and gave their team away over the last couple of years, and and now they finally are getting a good shot at getting the first seed. They have 21 wins. Okay, in this. so what about Miami? What do you? Okay, Miami is a little bit of a unique case because out of nowhere, Deion Wade has emerged. They have players like Drogic. Emerge as what? But you're, but you're right. Miami, just like Atlanta, give it two, three years, would have, if they don't pick up another superstar, wasted their own time. You said another. Right. You said another as if they already have one. I mean, you you can. Yeah, they don't have a super. They, they okay, might have a star. Exactly. They might have a star. They definitely don't have a superstar. But, but that's what I'm but saying. Dra- you're you're Dra- pointing Dra- out teams. But you're Dra- Dra- teams Dra- beyond- low, that two years in the future might qualify to be in the same category as Atlanta. But right no, now, you, Atlanta, are, you already know they're in the same... They haven't done anything since LeBron has left. So once LeBron left, especially once D-Wade, well, he definitely wasn't going to be the same player. And then Chris Bosh as well, once he started to suffer from um, the blood clots, then just why don't you just restart? That's a good point. And they might make the same wrong And decision. you know what's even crazy? They almost restarted once they got rid of Wade, yeah. and they still try to keep it up. And then they that's... brought, and then they brought Wade back. What type of shit is that? <laughs> that's a good point, man. So why don't uh, you unlike, just so so why did you say Miami then? Unlike unlike, uh, why don't you Miami. say Charlotte? Why don't you say Charlotte? Charlotte's just running. Charlotte's in the same not spot. even making the playoffs. At least the Hawks are making the playoffs. No, but they're not anymore. Is what I'm saying. The Hawks were obvious cases of a rebuild. All these other teams, and maybe you don't think Char- Charlotte? You don't think Charlotte is a, a good case of a rebuild? Exclude Charlotte. Charlotte is a waste of a team. We don't know what they're doing. <laughs> what is okay? What is what is Detroit doing? Drummond cannot Detroit, be your best Detroit player. Detroit traded for. We could run through all these teams and talk low, but I'm saying I think Atlanta did a horrible job managing the team. You brought I'm, up Miami. I'm, Miami has great management, and I have no doubt. Given five Atlanta, years, that they're Atlanta gonna find- doesn't have 
uh, maybe not as good as uh, Miami, but Atlanta doesn't have Obviously. good management. No, not good. Maybe average, below average at best. Oh, you're crazy, agent. You're absolutely. What if they? Crazy. What if they accomplished with like with a manage? You know what the whole point of management is to help build a team, and they had a chance to build a team around a core they thought worked. That's all I'm saying, right? Charlotte doesn't even have a core. I don't even yeah, know where they're yeah, at. They're yeah, just- you're crazy. That team, that that Atlanta team, changed head coaches. They went from um, Larry Drew and what's Mr. Potato Head. Um, Mike Mike Woodson, Budenholzer. They met Mike and Mike Woodson and Larry Drew. They were on the team where Jamal Crawford was coming off the bench. Joe Johnson, Josh. Smith. Yo, you're going too far back. No, one's no, I'm not. About- this is this is this is literally this is literally within the last what five seven years, right? And then they went from that, changed coaches, let Joe Johnson walk in because he wanted a ridiculous amount of money, got assets and picks from that, let Josh Smith walk. Because he wanted way too much money, and that definitely did not work. And I honestly believe if they were a really Lo, bad organization, they would have kept them. Using your what logic, you, Low. What you saying? Why don't you, now, using your logic, you can press that on any other team. Why doesn't Phoenix draft players and then they trade them away? Why weren't they your pick? Why wasn't Memphis your pick? That's a team that paid this guy lie. too much. Hey, Me- hey, Memphis is close. I'm going to tell you yeah, right I'm not now. Lie. Saying <laughs> Memphis that- is close. Memphis, Memphis is, is definitely close. close. But I'm just saying, you can use that same logic. Why See, don't you but, look and at I'll, this team? I'll, I'll even say Phoenix is close as well because they've been they've been no. a team. No, they've no. been a team that's kind of mm, I don't know. Are they not saying Phoenix is one of the worst managed teams? Is like saying the 76ers were. They're just racking up picks. Let them do their thing. Why not? They no, can build up no. a core eventually. No, 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 no. We we're talking about a team that had a roster that featured um, Drogic and Bledsoe in the backcourt with one another. Then out of nowhere, they decided to get Isaiah Thomas as if that was going to work. Traded Isaiah Thomas in the middle of the season after picking him up. Let him go to the Celtics and receive nothing. Then they let both Drogic and Bledsoe go, and they really didn't receive anything. They let um, Drogic go. They received some picks from Miami, but nothing crazy. Then they let Bledsoe go this year. Held on to Bledsoe, in my opinion, way too long. Really received nothing out of that. And now they're stuck on a team where, what we're talking about, Devin Booker? That team hasn't been in the playoffs for, well, they, I, I'll say this. They had a, um, a winning record in 2014. The, the West was just way too stacked. They, they won 48 games. So I'll give them slack, yeah. flack on that. But they obviously had a team, despite the fact that they were winning 48 games that year, that wasn't a solid enough team to really make the playoffs. So why, I mean, what are we talking about with that? I think there were a case of a team that like tried something new and it failed miserably. They tried running three point guards that were all very talented, by the way. And one point guard became unhappy and they had to start trading people around and moving things. And then everybody else was unhappy. I don't like the changes. Why am I not getting enough minutes? So they tried something. I haven't I've ever seen a team try three point guards that you can agree were all over 82 overall. That's some shit you try in my GM. You don't try it in real life. But they did, and it They it tried this shit with um, Steve Nash. What are you talking about? I think they are. I think they are. Well, we'll see. I don't think. Do you think Phoenix is a poorly managed team? I'm not saying the words poorly. Yes. I don't What it if might they, be. I'm about to say, there's no way that you have all of those players on the team and nothing happens. You get rid of your head coach and Hornacek, who was the one who brought that type of success. Then, Earl, then Earl Watson in the, in the beginning of the season and what your expectations should have been low, lowered anyway. You fire yeah. him for no reason. Like, what, like, what, what are we saying? What are they? Uh, you're definitely not saying they're better managing than the Hawks are. There's no I think way they are. Can, oh, you're fucking retarded then. 
I don't, I don't know how you don't see what I see in the Hawks. Maybe because you're from Atlanta, though. You're showing a little bit of favoritism. It's okay. No, it's not. Right? It's not cut, it's, cut the it, malarkey. D- don't worry about it, Lowe. I'm going to just know I'm not tripping, all right? Don't worry you about it. You are tripping. If you think that the, the Phoenix Suns, especially if we're only containing this to the last, like, five years, if you think the Phoenix Suns are better, you're crazy. Let me let me run off some of these draft picks from the um. No, you, the, you don't have to remind Suns. me. Trust me. I know they've messed ja, up a numerous amount of times. Ba- Dragon Bender, Papillanis, Scalabissier, Bro, you crazy, bro. Jesus. Jesus, that's horrible. Yeah, you know, Alex, I say Alex, <laughs> Alex Lynn, Alex Lynn with the fifth overall pick agent. The fifth. I remember. I remember all their whiffs. They had both Morris twins and still screwed that up. It made both nah, of them mad. You're saying that shit like they weren't 78 overall players. No, but I'm just saying they had they had both more Morris twins and made both of them mad because they weren't they weren't communicating with either <laughs> one of them, bro. Like, what are we saying? Like yeah, one after the other. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, when you put it like that, I guess you put them in the category. I just, if you can't see it, low, what Atlanta's doing this year. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that they're, uh, I'm not saying that Atlanta is executed perfectly. No, I get what you're saying, Low. I understand. I'm just saying what they're doing this year, they should have done three, four years ago. And, and all that's I'm why saying I think they is, And up. all I'm saying is, you can literally say that exact same thing about damn near half of the league. No, in the because those other teams still have hope. This team officially gave up hope this year. Those other, like Miami, you mentioned, they have hope. There's a chance that they could put something together. That's like saying Toronto should have gave it up when they traded Rudy Gay, but they had you, hope and they and clung on to the hope. And you can say the same thing now because they still not winning no finals. I get it, but they're making improvements. That's how it works in basketball. Making you're improvements not, you're not to always what? Gonna be to blessed what? Enough. Making improvements no, to what? You're not always going to be blessed enough making to be graced by LeBron's what, presence or have a big three in your city. Making so how improvements you? to what, agent? What are they making to improvements team, to? To your personnel, to your bench, but what to your is coaching it, what, what strategy. What is it leading to? Because if it's leading to a conference finals, the Hawks made the conference finals. So what is, what is it that. leading to? But we'll see where the ceiling is. We'll see. We don't know in where 20, the ceiling is. In 2013, the Phoenix Suns drafted Alex Lynn with a fifth overall. The Hawks drafted Dennis Schroeder 17th overall. Like, what are we saying? Like, yes, they're better. Come they're on, man. Better. You brought up the one player, the one glimpse of hope aside from Collins, man. Come on, yo. Come on. You, you know that you're saying that like Atlanta is the case of a team with uh, superb scouting abilities. Like, they whiff just as much as anybody else, man. Oh, you know? you're crazy. You're absolutely. They really, but because they've been making the playoffs over the last, really, it's been 10 years straight, they really haven't even had. Great draft picks to select anybody from. Hey, you don't need a great draft pick to, to get a great selection, though. The Spurs should be an indication of that. How, how, did, how, did, how did they get Torian Prince? I got I to gotta figure out how they get Torian Prince. I got to look at that. We should talk about him while we take a sidetrack before we go to the best managed team. Can we talk about that guy, Lowe? You got to tell me. This is your city here. I was just made aware that there's a player called was, Torian it was, Prince. It was, three, it, was three, it was three games. It's not that big of a deal. I know, but it's it's a glimpse they, of hope. They, you, it's know, like you, know, you know how they got Torian Prince? He was part of the Jeff T trade. So there right. you go. So man, shut the shut the hell up, agent. You no, but this this is a player low who you can argue now based on these games has potential. Maybe he's like a Jeremy Lin case. Oh, I, or I've been I've been knowing he had potential. He was you in didn't the bag. though because yeah, you've did. never oh, brought no, him no, up. No, ever. I did. Oh, I mean, I ain't. I keep it all on right. The low. Ex- explain to the people who don't know Torian Smith what you see. Torian Smith. It's Torian Prince. One. Oh, two, Prince. My fault. Two. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of Will Smith in front of me. I'm sure you're ridiculous. <laughs> two. Shout out to Torian Prince because today's his right. birthday. 24 years old. That's so cute, bro. That's two. You know that. That's Three. Cute, you know that. 
Torian Prince, 6'8", small forward, can guard two, possibly play the power forward depending on um, the team that they're going up against. He, has, he showed some potential last year. Just to give be me able a player comparison. Out. I think that's the easy. No, point. Real, real quick. Showed some potential to knock down the three ball last year. Definitely has improved a, a lot this year. Shows a lot of signs to play defense because of his length and his wingspan. And now, when are we going to get a player comparison? And he finishes around the rim really well. And I also like the fact that he's handling the ball a lot more also this season. And he's being a little bit of a playmaker. Yeah, you just got to um, tell me what player he's most like, man. Player that he plays similar to. Um, I guess, I, I mean, I don't want to say just because their last names are the same, but Tayshawn Prince. I see a lot of Tayshawn Come Prince on, in man. him. Come on, yo. Come on, man. <laughs> and, uh, Andre, uh, Andre, Andre Iguodala-esque like that. I, obviously, he, he, a Tayshawn Prince that could score maybe a little bit more. He's not Andre Iguodala because Iguodala was definitely a better playmaker. So I can't, I can't say Iguodala. But Tayshawn Prince type of a player. He's And a high flyer and a great he, dunker. He's, He's obviously, but Tayshaun Prince was, he was pretty athletic as well. Like, yeah. So, um. Ah, you guys. No, I mean, but Torian, I mean, Torian, Torian Prince ain't doing like windmills and shit. Like, you know, they, he, he dunks the ball on the fast break, you know? All right. Um, so. But really athletic. I, I, I like it. Okay. So we'll see, man. Uh, hopefully I'm wrong, man. I just think Atlanta wasted three years. That's all. Uh, we'll move on to the best managed teams, though. Three uh, years. You really said that about three years. Calm, calm down. Here's an interesting one, though. And and maybe it's so obvious no one would say it is Golden State. Aside from Kevin Durant, they built that entire team and developed all of those players in a system that was perfect for their personnel. I don't even think you need explanation. That is, in my opinion, a top three managed team in, in the NBA. You can argue the best. Um, yeah, that's obvious. I'll say the Houston Rockets. Um, I don't think they get enough credit for what they were able to do with that team and the transition that they made. It wasn't that long ago that they had a roster that was featuring Tracy McGrady and Yao Ming, and because of injuries, that run had to come to a conclusion way earlier. That than was people a long had. time ago, by the way. Very I mean, it was, it was it was a long time ago. However, that run had to come to a conclusion much sooner than I think a lot of people were anticipating. For and sure. and what's even crazier is that the general manager that was leading that team back then is still the exact same general manager now. So he's wow. held, he's held that position, Daryl Moore, Daryl Morey, excuse me. He's held that position for a very extensive period of time and he's been able to build that team back up to where they are. Um, and, and had a couple of players here and there that bounced around. They had Kyle Lowry at one time, had Tracy McGrady and, and brought him, I'm not Tracy McGrady, um, um, Trevor Reza at one point and brought him back again. Goran Dragic was on that roster, Shane Battier. So he's always actually had a really, really wow. good eye for talent. And, um, I think, I mean, as we all know, everything really started off with the James Harden trade. And, um, he's been making really good sound decisions ever since. Chandler Parsons was looking for a max contract, looking for some ridiculous money. He said no to that. I don't think there's that. That many. is a really good point, by the way, because two teams after that yeah, gave exactly. Chandler Parsons way too much money. And I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if there's that many teams that have been willing to, you know, say no to Chandler Parsons, especially because he was coming off a really good season. And in today's league, actually, what's, what happened to Chandler Parsons? Because in today's league... He got injured a lot. That's yeah, I, I know. But I mean, like in today's league, especially the way that the Houston Rockets play, he'll be perfect in today's NBA. So it would be... And I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that he's like out of the league because he's still playing basketball. But even in I mean, today's... It's, it's literally Ryan Anderson's exact role. 
That's what I'm they saying. Look- in, in today's NBA, especially on that team, he fits them perfectly. 6'9", 6'10", small four, can, who can play power forward, stretch out the floor, but he's much more athletic than Ryan Anderson, right? So he could have kept him and been optimistic about him, but he decided to dodge that bullet. Dwight mm-hmm. Howard bounced around teams here and there, looked like he was going to be able to find a home on that team, but he allowed to dodge that bullet. Jeremy Lin showed some progress here and there. They need a point guard, but he was like, ah, you know what? We don't need you no more. We need so he didn't pay them. I mean, he, I mean, the, they've made consistent, like can just consistently, they've consistently made a, um, really, really, sound decisions and brought in players. And if it didn't work, they were willing to move on from one player to the next. And then they were able to add enough assets to their roster when they were able to make the, when it was time to make the right decisions to go after a player such as Chris Paul, they had the pieces and they were able to kind of dish things off and make the right moves that they needed to make. So I, I don't know. To me, that is, I think the only player that's really, really suspect. Also, they got rid of Omir Caspi. And let the Pelicans sign Omer Caspi. The only the only player that I'm kind of suspect on is um, Robert Covington because he's actually having a really good season with the Philadelphia 76ers this year, and I think he would have been just a great addition to that team. I mean, there's a don't do but, that though. The what ifs. No, 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 I'm, I'm just saying, could... but I'm just saying like that's that's probably it. That's literally the only. Nah, also Kyle Lowry. They gave him away for weights. They should have they should have offered him a lot more. Yeah, okay, anyway. I'll give you that. But I mean that's I mean that's that's really it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like every you're not gonna get everything right. Nobody knows the future. But I think him uh, compared to other general managers has a very high percentage of good decision making. You know, relative to teams like the Nets or the Hawks. All right. Um, oh my God. Love that. We I, I like that conversation. That was a nice little convo we had there. I'm surprised you don't see the Hawks the same way I did. Uh, anyway, and they draft they drafted Clint Capella. 25th overall. That That's a gem, by the way. That is Who, a gem. Like, is he might be one of them. Like, is he an underrated player? I don't see, like, he, yeah. he doesn't get talked about enough. He's, he's definitely underrated. I feel like a lot of people don't, um, they don't appreciate those type of players. Like, the guys that just set the pick and rolls to, rolls to yeah. the rim. Yeah, they don't really appreciate those players, but. Oh, I agree with that, man. I agree with that. Oh yeah, yeah. All Clint, right, yeah. Clint Capella, twenty fifth pick. Oh yeah, that's that's a gym. That's a gym. Twenty fifth. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a gym. Hey, shout out to the general manager picking up gems in the late twenties, man. Man, hell, they picked they picked Nicholas Batum twenty fifth. They picked Chandler Parsons second round. They picked Miritich with a twenty third pick. Bro, they been getting gems. Hold on, time out. Yeah, you need to make a follow-up Houston video, man. <laughs> this is, this is, yo, like, they've been getting gems for a good little second. Yeah, when you say it out loud, man, it really hits. That's crazy. That's crazy. It is, it yeah, is indeed. Crazy. But, um, yeah, man, I got, I got the, um. I got the Rockets, man. I don't think they get enough credit for what they, what they've done. Also, I sent you, um, sent you something on Twitter. So, there you go. Uh, what'd you send, man? Did you DM it to me? No, I didn't DM it. I just showed I just showed you up a, uh, a screenshot of my uh, DMs. Yeah, you clearly can see, like I say there before, people always hit me up on my DMs telling me you don't know nothing about <laughs> basketball. That's that's barely anybody though, bro. You acting like you had lists. Come on, man. I mean, that's one picture, agent. 
<laughs> so, I'm gonna open my DM. I'm gonna open my DMs just so I can get some messages, but I don't want to get. Fun. Also, as a side uh, note, to the dude, yo, that, send me some emails telling me Lo knows nothing about basketball. Send him to call me gmail.com. Emails. Go ahead, what? send y'all emails right now, man. I know y'all been waiting for the moment, right? Here emails, we go. Emails. Yeah. Come on, cut it out. But I'm also to the wait, wait, to the dude who said that apparently I don't know nothing about basketball or no, that I was too negative. What did he no, say? No, no, no. He said you were condescending, though. Condescending. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you, I know I know more about basketball than you, so it doesn't matter. That's that's exactly what he's saying. He's saying you sound condescending. You just proved him right. And he can he can believe whatever he wants to believe, but all I know is I know way more about basketball than he does. <laughs> Low, you're you're missing the point, bro. He called you condescending, and your answer is yeah, it doesn't matter. I know a lot more than he does. Come on, man. Hey, I mean he can figure out whatever he wants to. I mean, when you know this much about <laughs> basketball, you can be condescending, man. Alright. <laughs> That's the most egotistical statement I've heard in so long, man. What's man, yo? What's wrong with you? But it's a fact. I disagree. It's a fact. When you know this much about basketball, you can say whatever you want to say about basketball. Let me chill out. Hey, send them emails immediately. I know you're listening, thinking to yourself. Emails. Wow. Send them emails. You don't use email, bro? I use email no. every single day. No. How do you not use emails? It's, you get the bag in the emails. The businesses hit you up in the emails, low. I need to get you on email immediately. Hit me up in the emails. Do you think that the 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 15, 16 year olds that watch us and listen to us are gonna hit you up in emails? Guarantee you that they think they they believe so strongly that you don't know what you're talking about that they'll send that email. Okay. I mean I guess if that's what they wanna if that's what they wanna say, but no one's not saying that. While we did all that, by the way, I created my uh, top ten list. All time? Oh no, definitely just right now. All time. What do you want an all time list? What, what, what are you talking about? We never agreed on an all time list. That would take months of formulating opinions this and making man decisions. Said it would take months. Because you gotta when you put in the list, you gotta make sure everything is on point. You gotta look at all the stats, potential outliers, of course, any discrepancies due to the fact that they're playing in different eras. I gotta take all that into account. It would take months. To to to, to create the best list possible that has no holes. I don't have months. You see what I'm saying? All right. So, what is your top ten list? I guess right now, let's see. No, I don't. I don't want to give you that list no more, man. Okay. Let me also. Let me. Let me. As a side note, this man James Harden just took a picture with one, two, three, four, five baddies in his bed. Shout no, out to, he didn't. Shout out Wait, to is the this on Twitter. Shout out to the unanimous MVP, bro. Is this on Twitter? Yeah, I just I just retweeted it. And they're not and they're not naked or nothing like that. Let's chill out for a second. They're not naked. No, I want to see this immediately, man. I just retweeted it. Ain't nobody going to go to your Twitter. Just link it to me, bro. Oh my god, it's probably just on your timeline though. But um, oh, let's let's let's, let's let's hear this though. Let's hear this. Let's hear this uh, top ten. I need to hear yours first, bro. What? Oh my god, cut the malarkey. Let's hear your top ten, bro. The malarkey. Cut the Whoa. malarkey. Low learned a new word and he used it properly, guys. <laughs> wow, this guy. Yo, he, dead has, he dead has all these women in his Exactly. The the wow. king the king himself. James Imagine Harden. living that life, Low. Imagine living that 
I'm like, they're all cuties, dude. Uh, apparently, James Harden, he does a lot of uh, giving back to the community. You know? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. He definitely does a lot of giving back to Very the community. Very charitable guy. Uh, yep. Yep, <laughs> you can yep, put yep. it that way. Exactly. All right, so. man. Uh, here's, my, here's my top 10 list. Right, we'll, we'll, compare, we'll compare notes after I state my list. All, all right. right. All right. Uh, LeBron at number one. Although, I really felt like putting KD there. I'll put LeBron there. KD, of course, is number two. Okay. I think at this point, everybody agrees that this is a pretty regular, schmegular list. Harden is number three. Okay. Because I, f- I feel like more than anyone, he does the best job of creating his own shot, even when there's not one there, and only the best players on earth can do that consistently and not have a butt field goal percentage. Curry is number four, exclusively because his offensive abilities are unmatched in NBA history. We've never seen anything like it from the three-point line. And I think that a lot of people are going to start to respect it more once he retires, but I want to respect it now because he is one of the most automatic shooters on earth. And the type of shots that he shoots, you'd think he'd have a lower percentage, but he's a dominant player. Giannis is number four. Because I respect not only his ability defensively to get what's his, you mean number but five? offensively. Yeah, he's at five. Did I say four? I'm at five. five. He could, Giannis can drop buckets on you, and you know he can't shoot threes. You know how good you have to be to know that he's going to drive and still get dropped off? And he's a defensive beast. So, I mean, all of that physical wingspan and lateral quickness, it all comes into effect. Giannis is number five. This is where it gets interesting. I actually think... Anthony Davis is number six. Uh, If this season has been any indication, he's a beast on offense. But what we all knew was that he's one of the best defensive players in the league. And so for him to literally put on a backpack this year and carry this, this, this squad with literally not much else than Drew Holiday himself since DeMarcus went down, I think is amazing. And I think he's finally getting the respect he deserves because he's playing consistently without injury. And he's really showing people that he knows how to dominate NBA games. This was the Anthony Davis I think everybody was hoping to see years ago, but injuries got in the way, and then he had to rehab and get back into basketball. I like the Anthony Davis we have now. He's number six. Westbrook comes in at number seven. Phenomenal defend. Well, no. He has phenomenal defending qualities, although sometimes his lack of focus hurts. Offensively, I think he's the player that reminds me most of Kobe, uh, his tenacity. He's a phenomenal player. You don't need me to go further. Number seven. I think number eight is Kawhi Lo. Although not what? known for his off. What? How, that- How is that crazy? That's not crazy, Lo. He's not playing right now. How was he top ten? I'm just saying the best players, right? Does- do they have to be active players? Oh, my God. Okay. All right, I, mean, that's- he- okay. I mean, he's the best defender in the league, in my opinion. And on top of that, offensively, he's a mean player in the post. But he works in a system, and he doesn't have to demand the ball to get what's his. And if he ever got on a team where he isoed all the time, his numbers would be a lot higher. He doesn't scream or yell or give you those crazy highlight plays. Would they, they be? A, I, I'll let you. No, let me. Let me let you finish. I'll let you finish. So yeah, Kawhi is Kawhi is number eight. You want to hear number nine, or do you, do you have something to say? No, no. I'll, I'll let you finish everything first. All right. Uh, Kyrie is number nine uh, because he proved, especially this season. That he could do it without LeBron. And that although he has help with him uh, in Boston and he has a good coaching staff and a great system, yo, he's a killer, right? As Skip Bayless would say, he was the closer for LeBron James. And I believe that's true. And to have that killer instinct, man, 
And his ability to shoot threes and cross people out, not only is he, in my opinion, the most exciting player in the league right now, but he's also a very dominant player. The only reason he's this low on the list is because his defense is garbage, right? And number 10, I had to sneak him in here. It's my guy, DeRozan, all right? Not a great defender, but just like Kyrie offensively, is versatile. And not only that, but this year he's developed a three ball, which I think changes things. His ability to consistently dominate, pull back when he has to, and at times playmake for the team is pretty nice. DeRozan is number 10. I, I, I definitely snubbed some players low, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but that's, that's my 10 best. That's not my favorite players, or else some of those players wouldn't be on that list. But I think that's the best. Okay, so I'll, I'll just I'll say my list first, and then I guess we'll we'll kind of go from there. Um, okay. Number one, I, I agree. I still have LeBron, even though yeah, I, I think that Kevin Durant is definitely closing the gap. And in my opinion, after this season, it will obviously be Kevin Durant as the best player in the NBA. So as number two, obviously Kevin Durant. And however, the only thing that's really separating Kevin Durant from LeBron at this point is a playmaking. But I think that's a little overstated when it comes to LeBron, especially since he's still averaging ridiculous amount of turnovers. But a great example is, is tonight's game where LeBron posted up 17 assists with zero turnovers. That's something that I don't even think Kevin Durant could fathom doing. So because of things like that, I, I just think and also the experience and the knowledge. That's the reason why I have LeBron still over Kevin Durant. Number three, James Harden, unanimous MVP this year. For people out there who are wondering, just because you're the MVP, that does not mean that you're the best player in the league. Um, Steve Nash won two MVPs and was never the top five player in the NBA. Number four, never was top five. Never was top five. Never was top five. Never was top five. Um, number four, Curry. I think that James Harden has stepped up his game so much so that it's debatable now whether he or Curry are, you know, on on the same level or who's better than one another is debatable now. And I'm just going to give Harden the nod this year simply because he is having uh, such a phenomenal season. But Curry's still very dominant, especially offensively, makes the right plays on the defensive end, despite the fact that he lacks so many uh, physical traits to be a a solid defender. And it's really great to watch him play on a night-to-night basis. Now, at number five, if we are counting um, Kawhi, Kawhi is the fifth best player in the NBA. Okay. However, if we're not counting Kawhi, which I don't think we should since he hasn't played enough games to be in that conversation. Just count him, just for the sake of Okay, all right. So five it will be Kawhi. Elite level offense and defense. He, um, I know people will say that he's a system player. However, even if he is a system player, he still executes at the system at such a high level that he's able to put up numbers that are very comparable, especially scoring numbers that are comparable to some of the other players on this list while still playing elite level defense and extremely efficient over the last several years. And so I'll I'll give him that nod fifth, six, I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has been playing great this year. And as soon as, um, what's, what's my man name? DeMarcus went down. Anthony Davis just took it up a whole nother level keeping up the, the the scoring presence, still facilitating as much as he can as at the power four position and still playing defense at an elite level. Even though people aren't talking about it, he should easily be in a conversation to win um, defense player of the year. I don't think he's going to win it though. Um, after that, I'm at seven. That's Russell Westbrook. 
great player, um, scores at, almost at will whenever he wants to, facilitates, grabs rebounds, does a little bit of it all. However, he's not higher on this list because of his lack of efficiency and also his inability to be consistent and, and determined on the defensive side, despite the fact that he has every physical trait that is possible, that is needed to be a, a really good defender. It is amazing to me how he's unable to be an, an elite player on a defensive end. So that's the reason why I wouldn't knock him all the way down to seven. Coming at number eight, I have Giannis, well-rounded player, still has to come into his own, uh, show signs to be a great defender, but also lacks from time to time on the defensive end. And offensively, it's very clear he hasn't figured it out yet. But just off of sheer talent, what he, what he's able to do with his, um, just off of sheer talent alone and his physical traits dominating the NBA, 25 plus points while grabbing you, well, like eight rebounds and four assists. Great player. Number nine, I got rebounds, by the way, which is crazy. Oh, 10 rebounds. That's crazy. Not at number nine, I got Kyrie. Just phenomenal offensively, especially when he's creating his own shot. Extremely efficient, high basketball IQ, and recognize when it's time to sacrifice his numbers to better the game and, and able to fit his game within multiple systems. As we clearly see, the transition from Cleveland to Boston was seem was like it was really easy. It was seamless, seamless, seamless. I don't know what the fuck the word is. <laughs> and num- and number ten, I debate back and forth between Dame and Demar. But I'm going to just say DeMar because he's been able to play solid throughout the entire season and it hasn't been up and down the way that um, Dame was because early in the season, Dame wasn't playing that well. But DeMar has been consistent throughout the entire year and I and I applaud him for that. However, again, if Kawhi isn't in the conversation, obviously you would bump everyone down, down one selection and Dame would be the 10th best player in the NBA. Okay. Yeah, we literally had identical list, bro. Like, aside from me putting Giannis at five, uh, Giannis, Giannis to me, Giannis can't be that high if they're the eighth seed. There's no way he can be that high. Yeah, just looking at it, I think I should have put AD above Giannis. Yeah, but you, I think you that, can't put him. No, that's crazy. Anyway, I, I think I think he's a. I don't know if he's performing the best. That might be a little bit different, but I think he is. Like when we're saying is like the top ten best players, not who's performing the top ten best right now. Um, that's where I see him. Uh, and hopefully, like Demarcus can find himself on that list if he stays healthy. He was performing really well. This if season. I'm gonna say, if, if he was healthy, would he not have been on that list? I think he would have, but it depends. Like if you, like you don't know if he would have kept up that play, went down, or did better. Like I don't know. There's a lot of factors, but he would definitely be in contention for sure. I guess. All right, Lo. Uh, now give me like five months, and I'll come up with my uh, all-time list, man. I'll say this on my all-time list when I do my top fifty. Vince Carter is not on that fifty. I thought you were doing a top one hundred. I'm not doing the top one. That's that's crazy. Vince oh, Carter. Come on, love. People are waiting for one top one hundred, man. Vin, Vince Carter is not on my top fifty list. Just so everyone. Yeah, knows. I saw the poll you put out. That shit was close. Like, if you guys want to see the closest poll in Twitter history, go to Lowe's Twitter. He put out a poll and he said, like, where is Vince Carter rank? And you gave people the option between forty to fifty, fifty to sixty, sixty or whatever it was. It was, and four, all four, different, were, it was four different options. Yeah. yeah. And they were all separated by 1%. It was crazy. Uh, but yeah, very, very interesting debate, which I, I I haven't done the list like you, so I don't know where he ranks up, but it's kind of crazy just to think about if he doesn't make the top 50. Is it crazy? It is, yeah. Totally. 
And do, and do you think that has something to do with Vince Carter or just the NBA having that many talented players through its history? Maybe both. It might be both. More so the NBA having so many talented players. Nah, it's more so Vince Carter underperforming and underwhelming <laughs> player. That's what it is. All right. You can't go on podcast without low taking the shot. Hey, what is whatever, man. No, I'm just whatever. saying, like, yeah, Vince Carter is very underwhelming. That's all. <laughs> all right, man. Low. All right. So on that note, man, let's just finish off the podcast with our highlight players, man. Let you go first. Um, shit, we didn't get to talk about Dwight, so I'm gonna just say it right now. This man Dwight had a 30-30 game. Don't save for the next podcast, man. Man, that man Dwight, Dwight. had a 30-30 game, bro. That's crazy. He's been having a really good like last two or three weeks. Yeah, like I don't like people not really talking about it, but this man Dwight just put up 32 points, 30 rebounds. If I'm not mistaken, I think that I think they said I think the last time they said it happened was when Kevin Love did it, and that was like yep. a while ago. Yep. And with that that man Dwight had a 30-30 game, bro. That's Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, Kevin Love was He's back. Go- Dwight is back. What a face. The last person who did it was Kevin Love in 2010. That's 8 years ago. Yeah. And Kevin Love is a beast now too, right? So, you never know, man. You never know. Uh shout out to Dwight Howard, the most up and down player in NBA history. It seems at this point. Hall of he Fame, like, Hall of Famer though. Hall of Famer. Ah, it's not. It's not even debatable. If you, if you think that Vince Carter belongs in the Hall of Fame, then Dwight Howard easily belongs. Ah, in does the Hall he of belong fame. in the Hall of Fame for making the finals or for for his run with Orlando? Like, where's I don't understand. Like, why, why, ever why, since why he would, left why Orlando, would Vince, why would Vince be in the Hall of Fame? Because he had a good run with the Raptors and a decent run with the Nets. And how many years? Dwight was Howard that? didn't have any decent runs when he went how, to the Lakers. How, Lame, how, how many? Disaster. How many years was that in total? I don't, I don't know. I don't know the exact year count. This man, man Dwight finished. He won three Defensive Player of the Year awards. This man finished second in the MVP race, and he led a team to the finals. This man, uh, Vince Carter, never made the finals. The uh, high, JJ well, Redick really the, led the that high, team. The highest that he finished in the MVP race was tenth, and Vince Carter's never even made an All Defensive Team. So why uh, Vince Carter has been more consistent? What I'm trying to say. Anyway, I'm not getting into a whole Hall of Fame debate here. Uh, oh, but Dwight, but whether... Dwight is just a better player than Vince Carter. That's what I'm I trying to say. Well, mm, mm, it's not debatable. Mm. It, it, that's just a fact. It's just a fact. But for for a way shorter period of time is all I'm saying, man. Like after he left Orlando, like I would I would have the eight years in Orlando compared to the ten years in that he had with Toronto and New Jersey. Yeah, I don't know. And, if and even and even and time? even out of those ten years, he was missing a few years because he suffered from injuries. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking at Dwight Howard's averages. Just all his recent years weighing down what he's accomplished in Orlando. Actually, no, you're right. Honestly, I was thinking about it. He has a lot more years in Orlando than I remember. Uh, yeah, you might be right, Law. I'm not. I'm not. I, I know I'm right, agent. <laughs> and I'm. I'm not Lo, waiting. Come on, man. I'm not, I'm not waiting. For, gonna, I'm not waiting for your the confirmation. The guy's gonna tweet me again, bro. He's gonna I'm tell not, me you're I'm condescending. Not, I'm not, you have to I'm cut it out. I'm not waiting for your confirmation, man. Dwight Howard. Hello. I'm. He's gonna tweet me again. If, if Vince Carter this, is a Hall of Famer, then Dwight Howard is easily, okay, easily the thing is, a Hall of Famer. I don't care about Hall of Famers at all. Easy. I don't know why I, inter- I entertain this discussion at all. <laughs> so, what's your highlight player, Law? It is. It's Dwight, man. You're playing great, man. Future Hall of That's, Famer. That's uh, this guy. Future, All right, I'm gonna future give it Hall to, of Famer, man. I'm going to give it to uh, your best friend, Omar. His player, man. Torian Prince. 
No, nah, that's no, nah, that's that was that's too small of a sample size. You can't give it to him. That's like it's like no, three. Like, it's been like three or four games. That's too small of a sample. All right, size. I'm just I'm just saying like his name is very similar to Tayshaun Prince. Like it's only off by a few letters. But uh, <laughs> you're fucking retarded. <laughs> he came out of nowhere. I like to see guys like Yogi, Yogi, and uh, now Torian come Yo, out of nowhere. Yogi fell off a bridge. He didn't fall. He's still performing. All right. He's not uh, like killing stop, it. Stop. I've been I've been paying attention to Yogi. He's exciting to watch. But I'm just saying he didn't fall off. I know a lot of people have been saying that. He's still performing. I just what you would expect a Yogi Ferrell type point guard to perform in. He's at. But I, I mean, given shout out to given this the fact man, that, shout out to the white man, thirty rebounds, man. You're just saying that because he's from Atlanta. Thirty. That's all. I be forgetting that from time to time, but now thirty rebounds. That's impressive. I'm not that's really impressive. One. That's really yeah. really impressive. Yeah, I agree. All right, man. Uh, and on that note, well, you got to close out the pod, man. You messed up the intro already. Go ahead, Lo. Mess up face. the intro. Um. And well, in that case, man, I, I've completely forgotten what, what I've named this podcast. But on that case, uh, I know, right? Shout out to all my podcast people out there listening to us. Podcast went a little longer than I thought, actually. I didn't know we was already this, this deep, man. You want to make it two hours? Let me chill. Let me chill. Um, <laughs> um, shout out to all the pod- Shout out to all the podcast people out there listening to us. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on next episode. Anything you want to say? My uh, sidekick. Yeah, hit me in my emails. Telling me low knows nothing. Emails. No one's Just not going to hit your emails. Call me agent 0 at gmail.com. That's all I'm saying. All right. No one's not going to hit your emails. Hopefully, everyone in the NBA gets healthy because I, I hope that um, everybody's able to really bounce back because I don't I don't like seeing you know teams suffer from injuries. Aww. Yeah, man. Wow. Oh, yeah. Shout out to uh, Derek Rose. He sprained his ankle. Now he's out. Damn, you just get, you just said I hope everyone gets healthy. But yeah, shout out to that guy Derek Rose who No, I'm just no I'm, I mean I mean like he's also one of the players that are hurt and I hope he's like you know able to come back, you know what I'm saying? Oh I thought you okay. Alright, whatever man. End the podcast, bro. I'm trying I know you're trying to remember the name you thought of. I know it though. Uh unanimous MVP James Harden. Peace uh, Send me that email, yo. Send me those emails. My email's gonna be flooded though. It's not though. Honey. Honey. What? I I can't sleep. Oh. Would you mind if I put on some white noise? Yeah, sure, babe. Yeah. Ah, so much better. It's hard to be without your bike. So do something easy and protect it with Progressive Motorcycle Insurance. And when you ride with us for four straight years without an accident, we won't count your first one against you, no matter how much it costs. Visit Progressive.com to quote today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Accident forgiveness not available in all states.